Hello, everyone, and welcome to Quinn Cummings Gives Bad Advice, the podcast where I, Quinn Cummings, give advice to people I do not know. If you're joining us for the first time, you may be asking yourself, does Quinn really want to give me bad advice? And the answer is no, I do not want to give you bad advice. I want to give you good advice. But I have absolutely no qualification to give you any sort of advice at all. I am not executive. I am not judicial. I am not legislative. I give advice because it amuses me to do so. So you might be asking yourself, will this advice I'm about to give you be good advice? Well, I think the answer is in the title of the podcast. If you want me to give you bad advice, you can leave a question for me at qcbad.com. It's completely anonymous, and better yet, it's completely free. So I can offer up this advice with a 100% money-back guarantee. Now, let's get started. My first question comes from Outer Twitter Stan. Dear Quinn, I'm still single at 45. What can I do to get someone to notice me? I have anxiety and am terrified of online dating sites. I think you are approaching dating understandably, but incorrectly. Anxiety is a closed feedback loop, an endless cycle of dreading feeling something, feeling dread as it arrives, feeling the horror of it being around, and then looping back to dreading its arrival again. I assume you are working with a therapist, maybe a cognitive behavioral therapist, to figure out other ways of interacting with the world besides dread. But in the meanwhile, I want you to forget about dating sites. They are not for you right now. I want you meeting people where you're happy. Where is that? I have no idea. I don't know you. But you know you. You know that you always enjoyed biking and you keep meaning to get outside more. Or you really like wine and wish you knew more about it. Or you always wanted to learn German. There is something in this world which the very thought of fills you with a little thrill of anticipation. Not dread. Anticipation. I want you to go do that, and I want you to do it in a group. Is your partner in that group? Statistically, eh, probably not. But you will meet a new group of people who will see you at your best, which is to say really interested in something, which is, after all, where any of us are at our best. After a while, you and your friends from this group will be talking about your lives because that's what people do, and you will mention that you are single because you are anxious, and they will say, you? Funny, charming, instinctively understands declensions you? This cannot be. Here, let me introduce you to my college roommate who is newly divorced. Do not run at dating head-on. Run at finding a new passion head-on and see who you meet along the way. This one comes from qcbad.com. Subject, Overweight Dad. Dear Quinn, I'm a fat father of a beautiful girl. I have put on even more weight. And since I know I have to diet and exercise, I just can't get up off my butt even though I know well what the consequences might be. I just feel I will ridicule myself in front of others, even though wife encourages me to do something. How can I overcome this nagging feeling of feeling like an inadequate blob and start working out? 
When Kid was about 11 years old and beginning the funhouse ride that is adolescence, one afternoon she was writhing in mortification over something she had done in public, some small social glitch she was quite certain would hang over her forever. I listened for a bit, and then I got tired of it. I asked her to do me a favor. I said, to the best of your ability, play back the conversation in your head for the last five minutes. Eventually, she nodded. She had found the tape in her head. Now, I said to her, how much of that was about anyone but you? Lots of it, she said. Now, I said, lots of it was you worried about what people were thinking of you. I'm asking you how much of your inner movie was about anyone but you. We went back and forth a couple more times, but she finally grudgingly acknowledged very little was about anyone else. This, my darling child, I said to her, is the only bit of advice I can give you. Everyone's head is mostly a movie about themselves. What are people thinking of you? They are not. In case you haven't already guessed, that does not end in adolescence. No one, and I mean no one, is exactly the size they want to be. No one is completely enjoying their run. No one over the age of seven just put on a bathing suit and shouted, Yay, I look amazing. Go to your nearest YMCA, sign up. Show your daughter that part of being an adult is doing the thing that is better in the long run, and then be around her for the long run. If you truly don't want to be on a treadmill yet, I understand. A suggestion. Take water aerobics. You will be surrounded by remarkably badass older ladies, and it's a far harder workout than it appears. Good luck. And on behalf of your daughter, thank you. This one comes from qcbad.com. Subject, should I tell my husband the truth? I am at all kinds of a disadvantage because this is literally all the person wrote. Luckily, when you give bad advice, having no information never stops you. I want you to ask yourself a question. If the tables were turned, would you want to know what you are keeping from him? Would you feel hurt or even betrayed if you learned your husband had been keeping this secret from you? If it's the kind of secret which could rock your life together... I strongly suggest making an appointment with a counselor or clergy or a ref of some kind beforehand to help plan this out. Your husband, at the very least, deserves not to hear the first dry run of whatever this truth is. This one comes from QCBad.com. Subject, 23-year-old son. Adult or man-child? Dear Quinn, Our son is about to turn 23 and has a a 16-hour-a-week job at Target and carries six hours in school with no plan or goal in sight. We've given him until June to figure this out, and we're charging him rent. We bought him a car four years ago for the purpose of going to school, but he's in and out of school like a flash if the class is, quote-unquote, too hard. We really want him self-sufficient and off the payroll. He refuses to do the small amount of chores asked of him in our home. But if you have a zombie apocalypse brewing, I swear to God he's your guy. He will save you 
and your dog. We're pretty firm about the timeline, but he's making, oh, my parents are mean, noises. Should we stick to our plan or worry about having an edge over the zombies in an invasion? Full disclosure, he's the youngest of three, and the other two were self-guided missiles. You know, in Italy, some sons live at home until they get married, which can be well into their 30s. This is not Italy. You have given him a chance to grow up. He has a nearly completely developed frontal lobe. You are now lovingly telling him it's time for him to stand clad only in a towel in another kitchen. I support you. Now, the details, like a budget or a plan or a roommate or anything that doesn't resemble him living with you until he's 50. You mention your other two children not having this problem. Is there any way you could rope one or ideally both of them into having clear, concrete conversations with him about what leaving the nest requires? First of all, I'm sure you've thought of this, but part of his leg dragging might be that he's scared. Unless his siblings are in their 40s, they've been in this situation relatively recently and can give him some tips. Second, when he tries the, my parents are mean, my experience watching siblings interact tells me their response will be a loving, no, you're the baby who got away with everything and now you're a man. You need to sack up and move out. This one comes from Twitter. Hi, Quinn. The guy I'm dating doesn't think I'm beautiful. I mean, objectively, I'm not. But other men I've dated have at least said they find me so. This guy has never paid me a compliment on my appearance other than on my outfit. It bothers me. What can I do? Relationships are complicated and frequently mystifying to outsiders. Everyone listening to this podcast knows some couple whose dynamic would be utterly unsustainable to the listener, but the couple seems to be fine. Somewhere in the world is a woman who would be thrilled to never have her appearance complimented by her partner. This person is not you. Now, is it normal to never compliment your partner's appearance? It might be normal for this guy. Maybe his parents never complimented each other. Maybe some person he dated in his distant past was so reliant on external validation that he got burned out. Maybe there's undiagnosed head trauma. I don't know. The why may be interesting, but it is not your concern. I guess my first question is, does he know this matters to you? This may be a pattern in his life, but people can break patterns if they care enough and are alerted to the problem. If you haven't yet, tell him what you need. Exactly what you need. Some men need clear guidelines. If he comes back with some variation of, well, I'm here, aren't I? Agree that, yes, he is here, and that if being near you was the same as a compliment, you and the checker at the local grocery store would be married. You require the person who sees you naked to say, damn, I'm a very lucky man. Because he is. If he cannot see that this is important to you, so should be important to him, or pushes back to such an extent that the compliments feel labored or passive-aggressive, 
Well, he's shown you who he is. Make your plans accordingly. One final thought. You are beautiful. Right now, what you aren't is shining. This is because he has convinced you that you are dust-covered. Stop being fine with this. Uh, a couple of episodes back, a person wrote in wondering about whether or not this was the time to buy a house. I answered. I did the best I could. This person is writing in. Subject, suggestion for an advice seeker on previous show. And here's what she wrote. Dear Quinn, for the person from your adult wrestling time episode, unsure if they should buy a home, steering them to a financial planner was great advice. If they are first-time home buyers, I strongly suggest going through the NACA program. While tedious and frustrating at times, the end result will be very beneficial. My condo purchase with their program provided me with a 2% fixed 30-year loan nine years ago. Because of all the hoops the buyer has to jump through, it's best to use their suggested realtors because they have experience with this longer process. I knew none of this. I know it now. My listeners are great people. I hope this helps someone. This one comes from qcbad.com. Subject, when pleasure feels like a chore? Dear Quinn, job, school, philharmonic, play. I bought too many tickets, and my app tells me I need more walks. I need more time for homework. I don't journal enough. I joined a knitting group, and I regret it because I don't know if I can attend. Why is my hair purple? Fixative. And why do people like it? I seem rad. I am so busy and so confused. Do you remember when you were a kid and someone taught you that blue and yellow make green and red and yellow make orange, blah, 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 and you thought at the time, what color do I get if I mix all the colors? And then you found out. It's brown. As far as stimulation goes, you have reached brown. To use another example, there's a scene in Parks and Rec where the local public radio station intros the upcoming show Jazz on Jazz on Jazz. The host explains their research has shown that their supporters like jazz, so the station is giving them several jazz recordings at the same time. It is, of course, utter cacophony. All of these things on their own are fine. They're good, even. Together, they are jazz on jazz on jazz on brown. Peel off everything which isn't paying you or keeping you from falling down, like eating. Then give yourself two weeks where you do none of the above, and that includes worrying about your step count. After two weeks, add a thing. See if you actually like it. Wait a week. Add another thing. At some point, you might hear the faintest screeches of jazz on jazz on jazz. This means you have gone too far. Adjust accordingly. As for your hair, maybe it's a flattering color on you. You are too distracted right now to decide if your fans are right or not. It's hair. It's not a big deal. Think about that later. Finally, 
It is my considered opinion that journal writing is one more thing women are encouraged to do to keep them from noticing how they don't make the same as a man doing their job. Just saying. Dear Quinn, I'm actually doing really well in every facet of my life after long struggles. But I feel super anxious that something's going to go wrong and I'll end up, I don't know, jobless and homeless with no prospects? How do I learn to accept that my stable life is here to stay? Because you are smart and smart people know the future isn't promised to us, and saying the stable life is here to stay incites the anxiety portion of your brain that shouts, Lies! Coronavirus! Here's what is true. You have overcome shit in the past. You were Wonder Woman walking through the battle, holding up your shield, getting through. Whatever is ahead of you, you will be able to handle. It is not here right now. Right now, you are saving money and flossing and enjoying the fruits of your labor, which might include out-of-season fruits. If you really start to worry, you might consider finding a certified financial advisor near you and hire that person for the shortest period of time and make a plan. Sometimes anxiety will settle down if it knows there's a plan. In the meantime, breathe and give yourself credit. You have prevailed. You are prevailing. You will prevail. Okay, I think that's enough bad advice for today. And remember, I can't give you bad advice if you don't ask for it. Your question doesn't have to be profound, complex, or emotionally demanding. It can be about pretty much anything because, let's face it, I am unqualified to offer advice across a wide range of subject matter. And as we all know, sometimes the nuttiest question gets the best bad advice. You can reach me on Twitter, at C. That's Q-U-I-N-N-C-Y at twitter.com. Or you can post a question to qcbad.com. Just log into letter Q, letter C, B-A-D.com, and there's a question form right there. The question can be any length, but I'm finding they work better if they're shorter. Just a hint. Before I go, I'd like to thank Richard Emmett, who composed my groovy music, and Keith Greenstein, who designed my groovy logo. People have already started asking me how they can get a bad advice fork in a toaster t-shirt or coffee mug, and my answer to them is, hang in there, we are working on it. I also want to thank Phil Rohr and Prime Rib Productions for making it possible for you to hear any of this. Okay, that's enough for now. Keep those questions coming, and I'll see you all next time.